And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website, baby. Go there. Welcome back to the show. It's been a month. It's been exactly one month since an episode has been uploaded. And uh, you know what? No excuses. You might hear Nova in the background uh, slapping around her, uh, uh, what's it called? Cat Tower? <laughs> Scratch Tower. Oh. Well, she just, she just, uh, cooed or something. Anyway, it's been a while. Uh, let's see what, what happened? What happened? What happened to me in this path of month? Path, path month. Uh, well, I got married. No, what <laughs> you just, I was just like, yeah, I got married. Um, no, uh, the, the first week, one of those weeks was Thanksgiving. So I would not have done an episode. Uh, but I did. Don't you? Be, you better believe I had stories lined up. I have a little, I have a whole list of things. So that's why we got to hurry this up. Uh, this prelude, whatever it is. Uh, let's see. Couldn't do it one week. Couldn't do it another week. Didn't do it one week. Didn't do it last week. <laughs> that's basically it. I wanted to do it last week, and then I, and then I, I just uh, did not have the time to or the care for. So why not? Why not? Why? Not? And then I said as weekend, I said, you know what? It'll be a month on Monday. Might as well just jump back in then. <laughs> so here we are. No rhyme or reason to it. You might see my face is a little bit brighter on my right side uh, because I do have, I, I did get a, a, a work sanctioned monitor to go with this MacBook they gave me. Uh, shout out to the good people at Warner Media for this giant iMac monitor that is too big for the desk. Um, and also about two generations behind, <laughs> but you know what? You know what? It makes everything on this uh, on the MacBook, which is last year's MacBook, look nice and big. And that's what I was aiming for. I wanted a monitor, and then I was told, "Yeah, I can get you one." I went to go get it today, and uh, as soon as as soon as the person opened up their trunk, I went, "Nope, too big, too big." <laughs> like, we well, don't have to go to the trunk. It's too big for the trunk. <laughs> you know, if you if you have to open it, if you have to open your trunk to get something, then <laughs> it's gonna be too big. And uh, he gave it to me, and like he's like he's like it was like hefty, <laughs> slid it over me. I was like, Thank you. <laughs> Cause it was uh, it was it's so heavy. I can, I don't know how to describe it. It's an it's an iMac monitor. Like if you built it, like or if you bought, uh, I don't know. Would they sell us with a Mac Mini? Um, do yeah, I guess they would, because otherwise this is just an external monitor. There's it's not a computer. I don't think it looks like an iMac. This might be an iMac. Can you just plug things into an iMac and make them a monitor? <laughs> I guess so, but it's a giant. It's it's huge, and uh, oh boy, oh boy, this bezel is huge, gigantic, ginormous. Anyway, so that's it. I got food poisoning last Sunday, uh, and uh, nobody got to be quiet. I got food poisoning last Sunday night, and uh, I was I was with somebody, and we had pizza. And as soon as I got home, I got, we ate at like maybe six or seven. I got home at, and, and, and it was like eight o'clock or nine o'clock and I'm, I'm watching TV and I go, this is not sitting well. And, uh, and then I go to bed and I wake up two hours after I go to bed. So I go to bed at like uh, 10 o'clock and I wake up at like midnight and I just, I got to run to the, I got to run to the toilet, <laughs> run to the bathroom. And, uh, and I try to go back to sleep. And then sometime, sometime around 2 a.m., 2 a. I go, I just, I just can't go back to sleep. So I'm up the rest of the night. I, didn't get any, I got two hours of sleep. Um, 
no, 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 no. I got, uh, so I got two hours total. I got one hour of sleep and then I was up all night. And then at around 3.30, I started watching TV around 2.30, 2.30 or 3 o'clock. I was like, you know, I'm not going to be at the gym in uh, two hours, so I might as well do this. So then I started watching TV. <clears throat> it was a new family guy. So I started watching the new family guy. And, uh, and then I started falling asleep. So I said, okay, maybe, maybe I can wake up with my alarm. So let me get at least an hour to wake up with my alarm. So I went to sleep and then I overslept. I woke up at like 5.20. Or no, 5, five like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, got to the gym at 5.30. Still felt like crap. Uh, so I took it, I took it very easy. <laughs> and then when I was running, I was, I, I said, please, please don't die while running. I, at the, at the, at the end of every workout, I do cardio for so I can uh, get some Peloton points, uh, which aren't real things. I just want to get the class done. I want to do a class at least five times a week. So five, five classes or, uh, two classes a day, uh, 10 classes. So I uh, I was running and I just and I was just hoping I was like please I don't want my guts to fall out of me <laughs> oh please I don't want I don't want anything else to come out <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and then I made it home um, and everything started to subside around I want to say noon or two o'clock I did take a nap I took a huge nap we had a meeting at ten o'clock and. Usually these meetings don't go past go don't go past the hour. This one uh, don't even go past thirty minutes. This one went well into the hour, and I went okay, all right, guys, come on. It's usually an hour, and then a little bit, a couple minutes later, I was like, guys, come on, <laughs> finish off the stuff, finish off the stuff, uh, finish off the the work stuff, and then at like noon, I didn't even I didn't even eat lunch. I was starving because I'd run like five miles that day, and uh, I just went to sleep. And then I woke up around uh, two-ish. It felt terrible. <laughs> and uh, had a, had several more meetings <laughs> until 6 o'clock. And then, oh boy, oh boy. But now, here we are. Alive and well. Uh, considering. Oh God, one of these stories is from the 19th of November. Whatever, it still works. I hope I, hope I don't miss an episode for the rest of the year. We'll see. Still working on catching up on news time. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll tell you before I got this, uh, Warner job, it was, uh, the, the main reason because I had a, I got a part-time job before this is that why I was late on uh, news time or I ever missed a news time week is because of that. Not the first time, maybe the second time, but that was, but the, the first time was, uh, two years ago. Second time was, uh, was, uh, uh when I started the job, October. Second time was in like September or, or uh, August, which I was not a fan of. So we're doing something new with the setup. I'm using this iMac to my advantage. <laughs> this iMac uh, display to my advantage. I swear it's an iMac. It's got to be. Doesn't have USB-C, but <laughs> it's an iMac. Uh, so everything is, all of my notes are on this separate monitor. So I should never see slowdown on my laptop, my personal laptop. Six minutes in, let's go. <laughs> this first one comes from The Verge, written by Sean Hollister. Apple just provided the perfect example of why you can't trust App Store review scores. You know you know what I should have done was refresh my memory of all these stories, because I don't know half of this stuff. So Apple review, review scores have been 
what is the easiest way to say this? Non-trustworthy. There's a lot of non-trustworthy uh, ways that Apple can mess with the reviews in the stores. For example, uh, someone's been playing around. Uh, no, I'm recording a show. <laughs> Please. Several hundreds of thousands of people listen to this. Apple Podcasts, uh, or excuse me, sorry. It is Apple Podcasts. Yes, App Store, yes. I'm trying to refresh myself with this. Okay. So Apple can mess with uh, internally, and this is something that, I mean, even Google could do and uh, Amazon could do as well. Apple can mess with the the reviews of a, uh, of a show, or excuse me, of, a, of an app in the App Store if they if they see that there's any wrongdoing, but the problem is they can do this period going on for themselves at all. So in that case, the Apple Podcasts app, which is the app that comes with Apple phone, Apple products, has uh, has been poorly reviewed, and people don't like it at all. Uh, it's not a good app, and uh, but the layperson isn't isn't you know one to to go find another app. They're not going to be like you or me. And, uh, and I, cause I assume if you listen to this, you, you listen to podcasts regularly at some, at some position. I was adjusting the mic. If you heard that. And, uh, and the Apple podcast app itself went from 1.8 star score all the way up to 4.6 in less than a month without the changes that people want to see inside of the app itself. So this is bit the, 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 the evidence of this is there is a website called App Figures Data that Mr. Hollister has. Uh, is his name Hollister? Yeah, has included with included with this. Uh, starting on November first, Monday, November first, the app was at around two point three, hovering around two point three, and then Thursday, November eighteenth, the app was changed to four point eight four. Uh, but you can see in between from the 1st and 18th over the course of the 17 days, 18 days, uh, I can count there. You can see a steady increase from 2.38 all the way up to 2.75. And then it just jettisoned up two whole points to 4.74. And that was on the fifth. So between the first and the fifth, Apple inherently changed these scores. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you heard of it, just cool in the background. Or per or chirp, chirp. That's what it's called. The amount of five star reviews, if even if you look at the the, the graphing data on November, let's choose November third for instance, where the the entirety of the reviews, uh, the count for the reviews that day were forty seven total, with the majority of them being twenty eight, uh, majority of them being uh, one star reviews, and then the the second biggest number being five-star reviews landing at seven. But then if you look at November 17th, 6,950 reviews with 6,292 being five-star reviews and the closest number after that being four-star reviews with 443. Apple has been manipulating these numbers. And it's it's a it's a not just a private privacy concern, but it uh, it is it is uh, it creates distrust 
inside of the uh, App Store ecosystem. Uh, an ecosystem that is, in fact, closed off. Which will hopefully change. <laughs> uh, Apple confirmed to The Verge that it's using a new prompt but claims it's nothing out of the ordinary. Just and then it, it gives a text boiler response. Text boiler! A text boiler response. Maybe that's the episode title. I fight so hard to find these uh, these titles throughout this show. Guys, I'm recording. Stop honking horns. They weren't able to tr- uh, track down the copy of the prompt for themselves. The prompt that says, hey, uh, please review this. And, uh, or excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the the best the be, the five star reviews. But it is indeed a standard feature of the App Store. One you can even turn off under Settings, App Store, In App Ratings and Reviews. Oh, interesting! You can turn off that prompt. Oh, I would love to turn that off. Thank you for, I didn't even get that far when I read this article initially. But intentional or not, standard or not, the problem with what, what stars, uh, star scores is, there's no way to tell whether they're legitimate, which is true. The same thing, though, goes for Amazon, even if you're on an Amazon store. I was just reading um, reviews for something on Amazon. Oh, uh, for, uh, for a, a, a device that's like the Roomba, except it's called like EcoV. Though it's like a wet mop um, and a combination mop and vacuum but it's like a Roomba style and it's on sale so I was looking at the reviews and I saw it, it did not have it only had a couple hundred reviews which is crazy for something that like that and I was reading the reviews and uh, the top the top one was very detailed this is how you know it's real it's a very detailed review one star says I know it's real it's very detailed that's how I know it's real very detailed one star and they said, and they said, update. They tried to pay me a hundred dollars to get a, a five star review, <laughs> and uh, they look at all the five star reviews, and they're like generic, like this is great, this is the best thing in the world. <laughs> it sucks. It cleans. It does the things. And uh, yeah, same way. Don't trust all reviews. Just read, and then type in review on uh, on Google. Like type in you know device review or app review, whatever on Google. Do as much research as possible, or Bing, whatever you use. Do as much research as possible so that you know exactly. And I'm not a guy who likes reviews on movies and TV shows and video games. But, anymore. But, these devices I buy, I just bought a a sous vide machine, a precision cooker. I just bought one of those, and I knew which one I wanted. And no one has the, I have the upgraded version of that. And no one has reviews on that. But they have the review of this one below it. So I hopefully this is the most powerful one is the the one that uh, is, is just as good. Hey, Chris Cuomo got fired. <laughs> Let me just uh, timestamp this. Chris Cuomo was fired in 24 hours, in the past 24 hours. And uh, 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 Halo Infinite's review embargo is up for the story. I've been playing some of that multiplayer, and I don't like playing multiplayer games, but I've been playing some of it, and uh, it's fun. I remember, like, I just, 
you always forget if you don't ever play multiplayer games and and i like i forgot how fun it could be uh same thing like with um uh call of duty i don't i i've I'm I don't I'm not gonna I'm not a person who goes out and buys Call of Duty every year or a sports game every year, but when uh, for the past couple of years, Call of Duty, you know, I've been getting you get free versions on uh, PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold if you subscribe, and same thing for uh, NBA games and and Madden games and, and and NHL games, and so I pull up you know even though they're two years old, I pull up those those versions of the games and I go, wow, this is great, this is so fun, and then and then they come out, but they come out every single year, and it's just. Like I get it, I get the I get the drive to want to play those, but I just have no interest in spending sixty bucks, seventy bucks, seventy bucks now. You charge me ten extra dollars because I have an Xbox Series X. Anyway, same thing for PlayStation Five. Like I want to buy uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, but God forbid I I don't want to spend seventy dollars on the the PS Five launch edition. You should just be able to buy games on just like some games on Xbox. You should be able to buy games and they upgrade for free. That's it. I don't have to. I shouldn't have to buy an upgraded version. I don't. I just bought the upgraded version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater uh, One and Two on PlayStation Four because it's five. It costs five dollars more than the PS4 version. I'm like, well, God, what if I get a PS5 one day? I don't want to play the downgraded looking version. Okay, let's go to the next one. This comes from the Wall Street Journal. Written by Anne Steele, as Taylor Swift re-recorded her Red album, Universal Reworked Contracts. And this is just a very interesting feature piece about how uh, musicians like Taylor had have to take ownership of their music and, and they, they, they got bad deals. And same it, and this still happens to this day. Like, you know, people like uh, Megan Thee Stallion got a bad deal. And uh, Let me see if I name somebody else. Uh, and and, then, and in the, even in the early days. And so that's why you see people who are now getting older sell off their stuff, sell off their catalogs and their rights, their music, because, you know, yes, they can they have they can have the numbers like Bruce Springsteen and uh, and they have the fan base like Bob Dylan, uh, or you know, or even Fleetwood Mac. Uh, who is it? Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks sold hers. So even Stevie Nicks, but it's, you know, you, you they're getting three hundred million, five hundred million dollars for hundred million, two hundred million if you're a woman. Because uh, you're less than a man, <laughs> just joking. Um, but they're they're getting they're getting hundreds of million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. They're still going, you know. That music is going to still be here, and the new music is if either people like Springsteen still making new music. So uh, there's just there's many ways to make money, with the exception, you know, that 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 is that includes touring, that includes licensing out the music, or selling the catalog. I also had a cold last week. I drank so much tea on a Friday. I drank so much tea. Don't die. <laughs> you don't get sick. And I just think this is a this is a very good piece that covers Taylor's uh, move to remake all this. They want to own their master recordings, and that's the that's the thesis of this. In a typical record deal, label can take 80% of streaming revenue, which isn't that much, with just 20% going to the artist, which is less than not that much. When artists own their masters, they keep around 80 to 95% of that revenue. Again, they only own pennies. So if you want to support somebody, go see them on tour and also buy their music. Just buy it. You can say, who buys music anymore? I buy music sometimes. 
Recently? No, but sometimes. Prior to Universal's change, the industry's standard uh, re-recording restrictions said an artist can't re-record until five years after the delivery of their last recording under the agreement, or two years from the end of the recording contract's term. Whichever is later. Universal has new proposals, thanks to Taylor Swift, uh, to increase those periods to seven and five years, respectively, and tacked on another seven-year post-period. So up to 15, 14 years, 14 to 15 years, that you can't re-record your songs. To end the re-recording restriction, during which the artist is barred from re-recording more than two songs, lawyers and executives say that prevents an artist from creating competitive recordings during a typical recording's biggest monetization period, which is within 10 years of its initial release. Wow. Universal also has more terms because of uh, Taylor's move. Some of the other terms Universal has added to its contracts include increases in royalty payments to artists and more transparency into how royalties are calculated. Often Universal's contract adjustments become industry standard because they are the biggest... They are the biggest. But I think the bigger artists are going to find a way around this. I don't think they're going to let themselves be uh, bowled over by big uh, uh, music music ma management companies like Universal. <sighs> this next one comes from Variety, <laughs> read by Todd Spangler. Disney, Warner Media. Carve up Fox Film Slate streaming rights through end of 2022. This is the last calendar, well, last year, not calendar year. This is the last year that you will see 20th century films uh, go to HBO Max, split, be split between HBO Max and Disney Plus. Uh, 20th century, which is Fox or you know Fox Broadcasting's old movie studio. Is uh, or is it now 21st century? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Who gives a crap? 20th, which is now a Disney company. Their movies uh, used to used to be when you have a movie studio and you release movies, and then we have this streaming thing. Uh, you, there's different ways that it can go to streaming or go to cable, and, and you know it's it first has got to air on cable, or the first has got to air on. Well, it used to be first airs on cable. Uh, f first releases on uh, DVD and digital and Blu-ray. Then it goes to cable, and, and I'll be, then it goes to streaming. Then it goes to cable, and and uh, and so now it used to be that uh, those movies could go to whatever Warner's HBO now, which Warner now HBO Max, uh, and Hulu or now Disney Plus. Uh, it's it, but the deal is going to change after this year because it's more fruitful for lucrative for Disney Plus to just have it for itself. Disney to have it on Disney Plus and Hulu. That's right. Hulu is in the mix as well. So at the end of 2022, movies like Ron's Gone Wrong and other 20th films like uh, Prey, which is the new installment to the Predator franchise, they're going to hit HBO Max. As well as Disney Plus. December fifteenth is the new. It's when Ron's gone wrong uh, launches, but then it's going to launch uh, from from that point forward. From uh, from twenty twenty three on forward, 
Ron's Gone Wrong 2, Ron's Gone Wronger, is going to land only on Disney Plus and Hulu. Boom. There you go. Oh, Prey is going to be exclusively available on Hulu in the U.S. and Latin America on Stars Plus and Disney Plus on Star- Okay, well, there you go. Anyway, that deal's done with. So this next bit, I feel like I have to sneeze and it's killing me. Nova's watching me. She's sitting on the, the kitchen table watching her papa. All right, this next bit is about Yellowstone, everyone's dad's favorite show. And if you don't know what Yellowstone is, there's going to be a primer here in a second. And uh, it turns out I only have two articles about it. So uh, this first article, this first piece comes from Emily Vanderwerf over at Vox. Yellowstone is one of TV's biggest hits. What's Yellowstone anyway? Second piece comes from Vulture, written by Joseph Adelian. Yellowstone is defying the streaming model. And the crux of both of both these articles is... Let me just plug in the laptop here so that the battery doesn't keep uh, dying. But also I can't jiggle out the uh, Zoom H6 audio interface machine. My voice sounds great, but my nose is stuffy, and there's phlegm everywhere. (laughs) Which is how I love to spend my Monday afternoons in between meetings. (laughs) Shouldn't have done that on mic. Maybe I'll, uh, nah, I won't do that. (laughs) Oh, BuzzFeed's a public company now. Oh, man. Oh, God. Let me save that for you. It's a perfect article for uh, uh, this coming episode next week, this week's episode. So Yellowstone is basically succession, but on a ranch, except, uh, Yellowstone's on Paramount plus I'm um, Paramount network, Paramount network. And, uh, now there are, there's one spinoff airing right now, but there's also, a, I think that's a prequel. There's also going to be another uh, spinoff coming at some point. Yellowstone, it's very slow. I think there's death involved. I have no idea, uh, but Emily does a, a fantastic job of of, uh, of chronicling what's going on. There might be some politics involved in it, and I think that's why people kind of like it all. Uh, and uh, and I mean, more or less, it's yeah, it's it is in fact succession, uh, proto succession, and they're building a world and everything. But the the most important part of this is this show is succeeding both on linear cable and in streaming. And by that I mean uh, Paramount Network, which used to be Spike TV. I did an episode, I've done a couple episodes, probably of Newstime and this show, on, uh, so that's, that's a couple, on how uh, Paramount wants wants Paramount Network to be uh, a, a good premium cable, uh, but regular cable network a good premium cable regular cable network uh just like i think that's what fx is i really do thank you for rubbing my leg no i appreciate it i think that's what fx is i think uh, fx is a very good linear cable uh network uh mimicking what hbo and showtime are doing but for the masses who don't pay for hbo and showtime 
Okay, so Paramount Network is uh, yeah. So Paramount Network's uh, ratings for this show are close to eight million. To put that in perspective, the at the height of Friends, they would get like twenty five or some twenty five some odd million. Let me see the ratings on that. Uh, and then for let's see, Friends ratings. Uh, did not mean IMDb ratings. I will just go to the Wikipedia. So let's see. In season 10 of Friends, they were getting 25 million. 25 million people. Uh, and let me go to the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory was in a... Uh, Jesus, this, uh, Wikipedia is not like uh, uh, friggin' Google. You gotta, you gotta type things in. At the height of Big Bang Theory's popularity in season nine, it was getting twenty million, and that's just the average. And I believe this, it, but it's still double digits. So obviously, there's more things to watch when Big Bang Theory ended in 2019, but they were still getting twelve to thirteen million viewers per episode. And now, a good show like on ABC, for instance. Um, like the Goldbergs or uh, even Jimmy Kimmel Live or Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, they'll get three to four, if that. Some episodes of uh, Fallon and uh, Colbert and, and shows like that, late night shows, they you know they'll get a million, and that's good. <laughs> Some shows on CW get half a million, and that's horrible. They get less than half a million, but they just gotta they gotta go with it. I wonder how. This is a little digression, but I wonder how that plan is going to play out for CW. Uh, they have they just went to I just an episode of News Time on them going to seven nights a week of original programming from eight to ten p.m. on uh, during the prime time slots. I wonder how that's going to work out for them. I have no views of that. I have no future uh, sight of that. And uh, I mean, you know, it's people usually fight over ABC, Fox. CBS and NBC, but if CBS really wants to solidify itself, it needs to stop relying on the same types of shows uh, that are um, Riverdale and The Flash, <laughs> which are they're probably their two highest rated shows, and you know those get like probably eight million viewers, but there are shows on there that get less than half a million, and uh, and I, or specials on there that get less than half a million, and I don't know why why that I mean come on. Stop doing the same cookie cutter, you know, white teens date each other's shows. Pretty white teens date each other's shows. Yellowstone is doing really well for Paramount Network. They're getting 8 million viewers. And then those numbers are also jettisoned higher because Yellowstone is streaming on Peacock, which it might be because uh, 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 Peacock, that might be the reason why Peacock is still around. Peacock just canceled uh, today. Uh, they just canceled um, AP Bio, which is one of three reasons I would say get Peacock. Girls 5 Eva, AP Bio, and uh, the Saved by the Bell reboot. Those are all just fantastic shows, and, and it sucks that AP Bio was canceled. Other shows that did pretty well, that did well on both streaming and in uh, their linear airing, Breaking Bad. That's it. <laughs> it seemed like I was going to name more shows, but definitely, definitely it. 
And then we have things like uh, FX, FX on Hulu, which has been renamed to just FX. I think that that's going because they're trying to do a whole rebranding uh, of, uh, of of FX. So shows that are so everything that's on FX, they everything that's on FXX as well, FX movies on Hulu now. Instead of it all being FX on Hulu, it's going to be FX, not FXX, not FX on movies. Just all on FX. I mean, I'm intrigued as to why Yellowstone does does so well. I mean, is it is it the idea that um, the its target audience, which is probably middle aged white people, uh, ages thirty five to no, excuse me, that's too young. Ages forty, ages forty two to <laughs> to seventy eight. <laughs> They don't. They're not the ones that are are, are jumping off the cable bandwagon or the uh, uh, satellite bandwagon. And do people still have satellite TV? And then and and moving on to uh, just streaming. But it, I mean, it's SVOD is uh, they might they might have seen it on uh, Peacock or uh, uh, Paramount Plus if it's on there, and then said I, I need to catch this show whenever it airs, and then resubscribe for that. So. Congratulations, Yellowstone, and, and it's proof that shows can still exist outside of streaming, uh, or or both live with a good streaming habit and not a good streaming habit. This next one comes from The Verge, Mitchell Clark. YouTube gives dislikes the thumbs down hides public counts. Now this is going to be a quick one because I have one thought on this. I think it's a good idea. Uh, same thing with they did what the thing is. YouTube is hiding dislike numbers. Uh, and it's supposed to be a public dislike numbers. And it's supposed to, quote, uh, promote respect, respectful interactions between viewers and creators. The dislike button will still be there. You can still dislike, but it'll be private feedback rather than public sharing. And they've been hiding, they've been pa- uh, practicing, uh, experimenting with hiding the dislike numbers here and there, uh, as well as uh, individual creators have had have had the ability to hide their ratings on videos for a very long time uh you know i think all of youtube hates this uh and a couple of years ago youtube decided to excuse me i think all of youtube users hate this uh and a couple of years ago youtube the company decided to do away with screen names and effectively use your real google name on youtube which I think was a step too far, but also I think it's kind of a good idea. Like if you're going to say something trashy and hurtful on the internet, don't don't hide behind that face. I mean, <laughs> come on. But then that led for people led to people making fake Google accounts. I know because at the time I had a coworker that did that. I made a Bill Cosby account. Uh, there, there's a lot of people who, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, people who go to a YouTube channel and they, there's a lot of videos on, uh, C plus comedy's YouTube channel that have just been disliked for no apparent reason, or like people just want to start something. And, and some people just, you know, they'll go to a video and dislike it for no reason. And then leave a comment saying, I, I dislike this, you know, like I, I, I watched, I clicked on this video just to do that. And, uh, you don't. I, but the, the, my thing is, 
I don't understand why you're mad. Marquez Brownlee, M- MKBHD, uh, in all his uh, uh, magnanimous glory, made a whole video about this. Uh, I, it's, I mean, I mean, anytime. I mean, one, I don't want to hear the rich talk down to the poor. <laughs> I don't want to hear someone with 10 million subscribers or however many look down upon the people who have, you know, a thousand. And uh, they say one thing like, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this, uh, uh, this video game. And then that per- and then that person who is doing this for a hobby or they're doing this because they want to start doing this as like a career and they have uh you know, 500 dislikes and two and 10 likes. Um, and I mean, it's just, and, and you, you know, you, you have to look down from your throne of 10 million viewers and your quote unquote crispy videos and go, I don't like this. This is not going to promote, promote community. I, I, you know, I go, I go to, uh, I, I watch reviews for IG, uh, IGN reviews, uh, which the company does not review, review, excuse me, the company does not review the games. Uh, the people that work for the company review the games. And also you don't need to attack people. You don't need to attack the company. You don't need to say, you don't need to go to a video and dislike it and say, Hey, you, you didn't play the whole game. It's, I mean, it's a, ah, Jesus. Anyway, I mean, I just don't like community engagement at all. You don't need to, that, that is, I was thinking about this, this, this morning, there's whole comedians and, uh, and, Again, I used to subscribe to a hundred podcasts, and, uh, and and now it's been taken down to thirty. And if I stayed subscribed to a lot of these, the comedy podcasts or even the news podcasts, I would uh, uh, hate the people that I like <laughs> that that, have, that work with them because I was getting so much exposure to them and their thoughts and their opinions, and uh, and everybody, especially in the comedy community, is just friggin' jaded, and I just don't want to have to deal with all this stuff. So that's why I hide. Um, I have a, uh, whenever I'm on my computer, I hide YouTube comments. I have uh, a, a, a Chrome extension as well as a Firefox extension because I switch between both to hide YouTube comments because you don't need that. And I wish there was one to hide likes and dislikes, but I also use likes to indicate that uh, I need this, I need to watch this video again at some point. And this was, and this was spurned and this happened November 10th uh, and this was spurned you know, because of channels like Nintendo's YouTube channel, they put out a, oh man, I can't even remember. Was it Pokemon? It might've been a Pokemon trailer or an, uh, an Animal Crossing trailer, but they put out some type of uh, video trailer uh, for one of their games and it was the most disliked. Oh no, it was for the uh, N64 expansion pack on uh, for Nintendo Switch Online, and it was and it became the most disliked video on YouTube, which is not a, a it happens all the time. It became the most disliked video on YouTube, and uh, over the because people just don't like the messaging. They're like, oh, you have to pay an extra fifteen dollars a year to to access this. I it just don't buy the thing. That's not you're not. It's not public discourse when there's a, a, a ten thousand sheep disliking a video. You're just mad because. Someone else is mad, and that person's mad because uh, they think they have to buy this thing that they don't have to buy, or they have to support this thing they don't have to support. Jesus. I mean, people are so stupid. I said it was going to be short, but whatever. Moving on. Oh, and then why the thumbs down is leaving. Uh, this comes from Axios, uh, written by Sarah Fisher and Ashley Gold. Uh, I mean, it's just talking about the reasons why. Uh, 
this this is happening and and it kind of has good reasons uh and like how different companies have their like buttons or uh, mean different things facebook has a budget like their like buttons different from linkedin's like button and uh linkedin's like buttons different from twitter's like button so whatever i think it's i think it's a good move and youtube should not renege on this because i think it's a wonderful move next up Newsletters will never die. This comes from... This is my last free article on The Atlantic. This comes from The Atlantic, written by Dave Pell, and I think it's a terrific piece that covers something I've been talking about for a long time. Uh, For a long time, for a year, probably. Um, Newsletters are a very important part of the internet itself. Newsletters have become uh, ubiquitous, I think. I think they're... I think... They've outlasted blogs. Um, they've outlasted. They're they're doing better than vlogs. You know, a newsletter can convey someone's point, whether you agree to it or not, in such a fashion. Especially if they're a wonderful writer, that that it, it means much more than a video. Um, newsletters were invented <laughs> hundreds of thousands of years ago. Uh, when uh, hundreds of thousands, yeah, yeah, you know, thousands of years ago, uh, apparently the Romans didn't did uh, the newsletter. They brought it to existence, and uh, in the Middle Ages, newsletters became common forms of communication. It's just a way to convey information, and now it's a way to convey information uh, with a little attitude, with you, with your voice. 14 million customers of a single email platform called MailChimp sent out, uh, God, what number is that? Is that 100,000, 100,000, million, billion, sent out 333 billion newsletters that, among other things, drove 64 billion plus in revenue. The newsletter is just one of the best ways to get information done. And everybody has one. Atlantic, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, WSJ. Everybody's got New York uh, to newsletters. And they've got different newsletters inside the organization. So if you just want to get Kara Swisher's opinion pieces in newsletter from New York Times, you can get that. If you want to go to uh, sub, 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 sub. What is it called? Sub uh, uh, newsletter. Oh, God. I feel so bad because I... Sub, oh God, uh, what is the big newsletter called? Oh my gosh, I completely forgot. It's, um, I just saw it in my head. Uh, oh, I feel so stupid. Newsletter program. Let me just type in newsletter program. Oh man, MailChimp is one. What is the other one? It's like, uh, oh. <sighs> this is so frustrating. <laughs> this is the most frustrating thing I've that's ever happened in this stupid show ever. And I cannot, because I, I talked about it like four times. And I can pull out things from my butt as if it's uh, uh, something that happened yesterday. Let's see if I typed in, if I type in the words newsletter, subtext? Is it subtext or sublead? Oh, Jesus. It's not even here. Oh, my God. What is it called? Whatever. It doesn't matter. 
But now people are leaving their jobs to go write newsletters for this company that whose name I forgot. Let me see. Substack. Yes. <laughs> Substack. Uh, I didn't even, I, I did, like it just came. I was like, sub something, sub something. Uh, people are leaving their jobs to, to get uh, Substack, to work with Substack. And, and yes, it's not, I scroll down and it's literally in the paragraph below where I was looking. God dang it. Uh, and I mean, and they're, and they're trends. People, people like subscribing to people that they like. Uh, Casey Newton, uh, that young, the woman who, uh, who's, who's on goal to make, who's on path to make a billion dollars this year from Substack subscriptions alone. People love hearing this form of interaction or reading this form of interaction. And now, and now that uh, you know, Substack is expanding out to video and and Clubhouse even uh, Clubhouse is not doing too hot, uh, from what I understand. But it's uh, oh, this is wrong. I have the wrong article up for the next follow up article from this. Let me see. Newsletter. Okay, this is the right thing. This next one comes from Vanity Fair to continue off the topic, uh, written by Delia Kai. Called a good newsletter exit strategy is hard to find as burnout and new opportunities beckon. Newsletter writers navigate the awkward matter of quitting and issuing refunds. It's just the latest wrinkle in the digital economy's complications of work and worth. And, you know, I think, and again, this goes back to what I was thinking about this morning in regards to uh, having to leave a bunch of podcasts because I was tired of hearing uh, the same cynical opinion over and over again. Um, it is uh, someone quitting something like a podcast or a Substack or a Patreon. Let's go. Let's go with Patreon and Substack. Someone, if you if your money comes from doing from a, from a subscription platform. Uh, it's always it's always interesting to see, especially somebody like a comedian, go and deal with. Hey, I have no longer. I can no longer do this. And uh, if you want to keep paying, you keep paying. And if not, then I understand. You know your your fans dictate, especially when you go free like that. Your fans dictate uh, your pay and and how much you, and how much in your worth essentially. Uh, <laughs> the yes, Nova. They do. They, uh, like, I, I was looking at the Patreon for Hollywood Handbook and uh, the Flager Ones Patreon. And um, they're making something like, I think, like 40000 a, a month. And but, I, but if they say the wrong thing at any point, which I don't, I mean, I don't think their fans really care because their fans are, are ravenous. <laughs> they're full of ravenous. <laughs> It's. I mean, if you, but if you, but if you make that much, if you make money on Patreon, you say the wrong thing, then your fans could go no more. Uh, let me look at look at uh, Bon Appetit. You know, they they had, they not them, but the company was found to be treating people of color wrong, and then uh, basically they, you know, just went up in flames, up and well, up in smoke. It's not in flames. The company's still going pretty strong. Uh, and and then it, and and now you know their video count. Their video views went from, uh, let me see, YouTube.com. Their video views went from a million uh, and a million and a half to barely 100,000. Let me see. I just typed in Bon Appetit on Google, on uh, YouTube. 
All these people you don't even know in these videos anymore. Yeah. 159,000 for a video, 346, I guess that's good. 280, 268, that's good. But like a year ago when they had the people that were, you know, the faces, 5 million views. But really, I mean, who who cares? The fans are going to be the fans. So it's hard to resign from a, a, a what is it saying? Um, about, oh, hey, this article, I didn't read this article, but this article re- references the Atlantic's uh, uh, thing I just did. <laughs> and the Atlantic's uh, thing. Whatchamacallit. But it's, it's it's hard to maintain this stuff, and you and you kind of have to have a motive for it. And and when something better comes along, it's 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 going to be tough to just stick with it. I don't say better. You get burnout. Uh, you know what? I'm going to save this one for this final one for because uh, I kind of actually have to get back to work. I'm going to save this final one for Friday. It's about UK film diversity. So we'll put it as the first story for... Oh, Jesus. There we go. All right. Anyway, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, seamlesscomedy.com, where you can see me talk to comedians sometimes, do all this other stuff. <laughs> do all this other stuff at some point. If you want to see a video version of the show, youtube.com slash comedy, where you can see our premiere show, News time where I take a story I in the entertainment business news world and I dissect it and I do it really good. Twitter, Instagram at C plus comedy, me on Twitter, Instagram at Chad Black White, like us on Facebook, uh, rate, review, subscribe to this show, tell your friends about it. Wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you in several, in a couple of days, just a couple of days. Goodbye.